Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. And we are concluding, I know it might be sad, but we are concluding our My Blank Is Not For Sale series. Uh, We are concluding that tonight. Um, If y'all haven't been here the uh, past three weeks or three Wednesdays, I encourage you to go back, watch those messages on Facebook uh, or YouTube and our podcast. And uh, speaking of that, I want to welcome our online audience. Let's give them a hand clap. Our uh, people watching on Facebook and YouTube, thank y'all for tuning in. If y'all can please click that like button and that share button so we can share this message with as many people as possible. So the thought behind my Blank is Not For Sale series is that when you are bought by the blood of Jesus, your soul is no longer for sale. There's some things in your life that when you're covered by the blood that has, is, is protected and that the enemy has no authority to take from you. Um, and what happens is that a lot of times it's not that the enemy steals from us, but we sell it to him. We sell some things to him. Um, the first week we talked about how our joy is not for sale. Um, week two, we talked about how our confidence is not for sale. Uh, week three, we talked about how our identity is not for sale. And uh, week four, uh, we're going to conclude this series. And uh, did y'all, Have y'all been enjoying this series? Has it been good? My, my blank is not for sale series. I've been enjoying um, speaking it, but all good things got to come to an end, right? So we're, con- we're concluding it, and we're going to start with uh, Isaiah, the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, verse 6 through 7. Um, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6 through 7. A little context about this is that this is the prophet Isaiah prophesying about the birth of Jesus 600 years before Jesus is actually born. And this is what it reads in verse 6. It says, For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, everlasting father and prince of peace his government and its peace will never end turn to your neighbor and say the title for tonight's message say my peace is not for sale it's not for sale let's pray over this service tonight father we thank you for what you're doing we thank you for your spirit we're grateful for your son we will never take lightly the the opportunity of gathering in your presence because we know that when you are here you can change us from the inside out that when your spirit shows up you can transform our minds so father we thank you for miracle signs and wonders taking place tonight god we thank you father that tonight people who walked in afraid who walked in scared who walked in maybe addicted to things father will walk and leave this place freed by your son god and we just give this service over to you father we're just a willing vessel god we're just your hands and feet and we're just ready to take in what your spirit has for us. So we thank you for open minds and soft hearts tonight as we're ready to take in the word of God together. In the name of Jesus, and everybody says, amen, amen, amen. See, when God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning, and he created everything you see around you, and he created Adam and Eve, it says that there was, there was peace on earth. It says that there was a perfect unity in that and that there was perfect peace in the Garden of Eden. 
But what happened is that, as we know the story, Adam and Eve sinned. And when they sinned, they broke that peace treaty between God and man. And sin entered the world and conquered everything and took over. And, 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 and sin really flipped the world out of what God intended it to be. And so God... Uh, when that happened, he tried to reestablish his peace on earth. He tried to reestablish his, his government on earth. And how he tried to do it under the law and under the old covenant is that he tried to establish his peace through a people, through the people of Israel. And the Israelites had, had this burden to, to follow after the law, to maintain this righteousness and, and, and peace. But if there's one thing that we know is that people aren't perfect. And so these people, these, these Israelites, they fell short of the law. They fell short of, of the covenant, and they turned their back on God, and they made mistakes. And, and that's why God knew when he looked down on earth and he saw his creation falling into the hands of the enemy, he looked down and he said, the only way that I can free them, the only way I can restore peace is that I got to go there myself. This is what the prophet Isaiah was talking about. Isaiah's looking around. He's, he's part of the Israel country, and he's looking around, and he sees his people with the burden of religion on them, and he sees his, his people falling short of the glory of God, and, and he knows by seeing it firsthand that if this was up to people, people wouldn't be able to, to, to come even close to what God can do. And he knows this, and, and he says, but that's when he starts to prophesy. He said, but there is a, a person coming. There is a, a man to be born, and we are going to call him Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, and he's going to restore peace in God's government here on earth. What I'm trying to say, church family, is that because of Jesus, we are now able to walk in peace. When, when he came, he established his kingdom. He established peace between God and man once again. And now as citizens of that kingdom, now it is our right to peace. That's the thing about being a child of God is that we have a right to peace. It's something that, that has been given and what we will go into given by God. But what happens is that we have this peace available to us. We have this peace that goes beyond all understanding. But it seems that this, the, the quickest or as soon as something doesn't go according to plan, our peace leaves ourselves. And as soon as there is discomfort, or as soon as something is not going to the way we thought it would go, our, our peace is forsaken and we give our peace away. But church family, our peace is not for sale. We can't just relinquish our peace for just the slightest misfortunes. We, we are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And when Jesus died on that cross, he established something that we're going to talk about tonight, and that's what it says in, in Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 2 and 9 through 11. I, I want us to look at this. It says this. It says, therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. We, we re, are now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Verse 9, and since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our new wonderful relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. You see, there could never be 
peace between God and man while sin was in the way. See, when Adam and Eve sinned, what they did, they broke that peace treaty. As we know, God said, you can have all what you see, but don't do one thing. Don't eat from the forbidden fruit or the forbidden tree. And they did that one thing. And when sin entered the world, it says that the peace of God left us because there can't be peace between God and man if sin is in the way. But what we just read is that when Jesus came, he came to remove all the barriers that sin put between us and our Father. And that's the first point for tonight is that our peace was constructed on the cross. Our peace was constructed on the cross. When Jesus died on the cross, sin was removed and peace was restored. When Jesus looked and he looked upon the, the people who, who were casting him out, who, who were talking to him, and he looked and he said, it is finished what he was talking about. He says, now the job is done. Now sin has been removed. And now the relationship between God and man can be fulfilled. And now we are no longer what it says in Romans. We are no longer enemies of God because that's the thing. If there was sin in our lives, we couldn't be friends of God. There couldn't be peace between God and man. But once sin was removed and Jesus paid that price, Peace was secured in our lives. See, when, when Jesus was on the cross, he had us on his mind. When Jesus was on the cross, he knew what we were going through. He knew what it took. He knew what we tried to do in the old covenant under the law. He knew that the pressure of religion was too strong for man to handle. And he said the only way, the only way we can restore things, the only way that I can bring God's kingdom back to here on earth is that I got to go there myself. And not only that, but I got to pay the price for peace. See, church family, Jesus paid the price for the peace that we have. Sin was too great. We wouldn't be able to have peace without him. But because of Jesus, is there anybody glad about the name of Jesus tonight? Because of Jesus... Now we can walk in peace that it says in Romans we have no, no even the slightest privilege to do. But the blood of Jesus washed away all the things, all the sins, all the iniquities that we had in an instant. And just like that, the government of God says it came and peace was restored. And now we can call ourselves friends with God. See, God sent his son to restore peace, to restore relationships, to restore what Adam and Eve enjoyed. Now you and I can enjoy as well. See, now that we have peace with God, it's something unlike anything you can understand. And we're going to go deeper into the peace of God means. But when he says we have peace with God, what that means is that now we are no longer in his sight. We are no longer sin. Because when God used to look down on us under the old law, he, he couldn't see past the sin because God is, is completely righteous. And so he couldn't, he, his presence could not be in the same presence of sin. But now that when he looks at us, he doesn't see sin, he sees his son. And that is why now we can have peace because I want y'all to perfect, or I want y'all to picture this when he looks at us. He doesn't see the things you've done wrong. He doesn't see the things your past. But when he looks at you, he sees the perfect creation of his son. And he says, now there can be peace because now there's not sin. All I see is the blood of Jesus. And all I can see now is my daughter and my son. And now he says we can be friends of God. You see, when that veil was torn, when that day came, everything that God was, was working on, everything that he was planning, everything came all into fruition in a moment. In John 14, verse 27, this is 
Jesus talking to his disciples a day before he is to be crucified. In verse 27, it says this. He said, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and peace of heart. And the peace I give is a gift that the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. See, it said that Jesus would give us a peace of mind and a peace of heart. Jesus said, I'm going to give you a peace that nobody else can give. I'm going to give you a peace that goes beyond everything else. And, that's the, and he said, not only that, but I'm going to place that peace. I'm going to put that peace on the inside of you. That's point number two is that peace has been placed on the inside of us. And that it is a gift given to every believer. Every time you have Jesus in your heart, now you've got peace on the inside of you. And what's awesome about peace is that when you have it on the inside of you, that means that the world can't take it from you. See, the world has no authority to take what God has given you because if the world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. And so the awesome thing about peace and when you have Jesus on the inside is that once you just call upon the name of Jesus, it's in the instant he is there. Once you call upon the name of Jesus, whatever you're feeling, the anxiety, the fear, once you call upon the name of Jesus and you lean into his peace, those things have to go. Because, see, God's presence is his peace. And it said in that scripture that it gives us peace of mind. It gives us peace of mind. In Philippians 4, 7, it says that his peace goes beyond all our understanding. Say all our understanding. See, the peace of God, that doesn't mean that peace of God is confusing. That means that the peace of God is uncomprehensible or incomprehensible. That it's so great, it's so mighty, you can't even wrap your mind around it. You can't even begin to think about, and about the, the peace of God because it's just so great. But here's the thing. That, see, what it means is that the peace of God cannot be explained. It has to be experienced. Because the real peace of God is, is a moment that when you're looking around your life and everything's crazy, when you look around, there's a pandemic, there's political unrest, things are going left, things are going right, and you're saying, God, things are crazy right now. And all of a sudden, in the midst of everything, you have peace on the inside of you. And you say, I can't, I can't explain it. I can't explain why I feel peace right now, but all I know is I feel his presence. All I know, I feel secured. All I know is that I feel confident in the midst of this chaos. That is God's peace. You, you can't explain it. It's something you have to experience. See, true peace will always ease our minds of anxiety, worry, and fear. Because even when we're living in confusing times, it doesn't mean we have to be confused about our peace. Because when you experience God's peace, the fear, the anxiety, the worry can't line up where God lives. It can't abide where, where God's peace abides also. So when you lean into God's peace, that fear you feel, it has to go. You see, this, it says this kind of peace, it, says it also gives you a peace of heart. A peace of heart. What a peace of heart means is that when you have, you feel that peace of heart, it's that you know in, in the end, you know that it doesn't matter what happens, you know that my soul is secured. It doesn't matter what's happening in the world right now because life is but a vapor. But when you have peace of heart, you're saying, I don't know what's happening right now, but I know what's going to happen in the end. My soul is secured. I know my name is written in the Lamb Book of Life. And so I know for a fact that I don't know what's going on around, but I know where I'm going to end up. 
I got that peace of heart. But this is the kind of peace it says that the world cannot offer. Because a lot of times the world tries to offer fake peace. Tries to offer you things to give you security. Tries to offer things that make you think that everything's okay. And then we confuse the world's peace for God's peace. And, and a lot of times it's, it's the world tries to say peace feels like comfort. Peace feels like, like everything's okay. If it feels good, if it feels right, that's what peace is. And the world tries to offer you this, this, this counterfeit peace, and you try to lean on it, and all of a sudden you realize that it holds no weight, that all of a sudden you, you realize that, that, that the fake peace the world offers crumbles under the weight of life. But what true peace is, is, is not the absence of a storm, but the presence of the one who calms the storms. What life will try, try to convince you is that true peace means that everything's going right in your life. If everything's going right, then that means you're having true peace. And see, that's not true peace because who knows things are going to happen sometime or another. True peace is saying even though a storm is coming, even though things are a little chaotic right now, I still have peace on the inside of me because it's not about those things that are happening. It's about the understanding of what's happening on the inside of me. And I know that on the inside of me, I have a Savior who knows all, who is all. So if I, ha if I know that fact and if I have that comprehension of that, then I know I have peace no matter what. Even in the storm, even in the good times and the bad times, I don't leave my peace on the things of the world. I'm going to leave my peace on what God says to do. I'm going to leave my peace on Jesus. And if you do that, even when things get crazy, you can still have, feel that consistency of peace. And it says in that scripture, it says, why, why, why not, it, it, he, Jesus said, peace will be with you and you will not have to be troubled or afraid. I believe he said you don't have to be troubled or afraid because he said the peace I give you, I already said the world, it's not the, that's the peace that the world can give. So if the world can't give it, the world can't take it away. So that means that if we have the peace of Jesus on the inside of us, we have no, re no reason to be worried or, or afraid because there's no power, nor man, nor the world that can have any kind of authority to take it away. So if that is true, I don't have to worry about nothing. I mean, sometimes I think we just have to, to, to take what the Word says for fact. If, the, if God said that as long as you have my peace, you have no real reason to be worried or afraid, we got to lean on that as fact. Say, God, if I know you're with me, I'm not afraid of anything around me. If I know I have you on the inside of me, if I believe what your scripture says is true, then I have no reason to be afraid. You see, I believe that because church family, I believe that our peace is not for sale. That when Jesus gives it to us, the world can't take it away from us. When Jesus gives it to us, the world has no authority to take it away from us. In John chapter 20, verse 19 through 21, get the context of this, of this story. So this is right after Jesus has risen from the dead and rolled away the stone. And the disciples are, are afraid right now. The disciples are, are afraid of what's going to happen. They're, they're scared of the future. They're afraid of, of the Pharisees and the Sadducees that they might come for them as well. Because if they came for, for their leader, then they're going to come for me as well. And so they're afraid, and, and they're afraid to be thrown in prison or worse. And this is where we pick up in verse 19. It says, that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they're afraid of Jewish leaders. Suddenly, somebody say suddenly. That's the thing about the peace of God. 
It can happen in an instant. That's the thing about the presence of God, that it can come to you in an instant. And, and all of a sudden, when you were just feeling the midst of panic, God's peace can come in an instant and restore anything that you were feeling. It says, suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. And he said, peace be with you. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. And they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, Peace be with you. I said, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. When Jesus reappeared to his disciples, who the last time they saw Jesus, he was hung on the cross. When the last time they saw Jesus, he was crucified. And all of a sudden, the next time they see him, he appears to them in an instant. And the first thing he says is not, I told you so. The first thing he says is, hey, it's me, Jesus. The first thing he says to his disciples is peace is here. The first thing he tells them is that now that it is finished, peace has been restored. He said there's no reason to lock your doors. There's no reason to be afraid because now it is done. The mission that God has created, the mission that I have been sent on has been completed, and now peace is here. See, that's the third point for tonight is that the promise of peace is now complete. The promise of peace is now complete. He was telling his disciples, there's no reason to be afraid now. There's no reason to be fearful now. Because now that I am here with you, now peace is here as well. Now that I have finished the works of the cross, now that I have risen again and defeated death, hell, and the grave, let me tell you something, the mission that has been taking years that God had tried to do under the old covenant, now I have come to fulfill everything, and now let me tell you something, peace is here, and not only that, but peace is yours. Jesus came, and he fulfilled the job he came to do, and now what he was saying, now he was saying that peace is here, and he came into his presence, he's saying, now there is peace between God and man. The whole reason, the whole reason why we are created, the whole reason why you're here, now the, the, it has been restored. Relationship has been restored. Now you can tell, call yourself a friend of God. Now everything that God had meant for us has been restored. And now he said, now there's no reason to be afraid. And he restored, the, the, it says he restored the kingdom of heaven on earth. He restored the, the, the government of God on earth. And now as us... Now we are benefactors of that, and now we can say without a doubt in our heart that peace is ours. What I want us to catch tonight is that Jesus solved everything 2,000 years ago. That Jesus fulfilled the promise of peace. And when we have Jesus on the inside of us, we have no reason to be afraid of what's around us. When Jesus is on the inside of us, we have no reason to doubt, to fear, to be anxious, because now we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that peace is here. That what Jesus has done cannot be rejected. That what Jesus has done has, is now something that we can build our life upon. And he was bringing such a good word and good news to his disciples. Because now what we can say as believers is now in every faction of my life, in every day, in any, any scenario I come with myself with, now I can go into it with a different kind of perspective. 
before Jesus, there was no chance of peace between man and God. But then after he came and he fulfilled everything and he defeated sin, now we can come into a perspective of peace. Knowing that no matter what happens, no matter the scenario, no matter what life throws at us, I can come and know and say, whatever happens, I have a different perspective. And I know that at the end of it all, there's going to be peace. Because I know that peace has now been promised and now been fulfilled and that it's inside of me. And if we go into life in every scenario and every storm and everything, knowing that beyond anything else, that it can't take my peace from me, knowing that it doesn't matter the panic, it doesn't matter the pandemic, that the peace of God cannot be taken from us. As a matter of fact, there is no authority on earth that can take it from us. But what happens is that it's not that it is stolen, but it is actually sold by us. And storms come into our life. Disappointments come into our life. And although we have the right to peace as a child of God, we give it away because we believe more in what we see than what God said. And things around us are confusing, and we begin to think that our peace is connected to the things around us and not the, what, the God on the inside of us. And, and we begin, and then we have a bad day, or we, this happens and that happens, and we sell our peace for, for anything wrong that happens in our life. But church family, our peace is not for sale. Will you stand with me tonight? I want, I want to close. I want to close with this thought. Now peace can never leave us because now peace lives in us. Peace can never leave us because now peace lives in us. It, it says in that, in that scripture that we open up with in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6, it says that he would come and we would call him the prince of peace. You see, when he, when he came, when, when Jesus established who he was, when he established that now the, the, that the, the barricade and the barrier of sin has been removed, and now that we can call ourselves friends of God, what he was saying is that now the, the kingdom of heaven, how it is in heaven, now it is in earth. And that the peace of God is here. And that we call him the prince of peace because he is the one, it says in, 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 I, in, I, in the book of Isaiah, that he is the one that the government of God will rest on his shoulders. He is the one who ushered in the peace. He is the one who, who brought what we thought, what was impossible, possible. And it says that his government and his peace will reign forever. And I don't want us to, to lose sight of that fact that it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter what's going on in, in our world right now or our nation. Our peace is not based on politics. Our peace is not based on the pandemic. Our peace isn't, isn't based on things that the world tries to rely on. Our, our, our peace is based on the prince. Our peace is based on the person who went on the cross for us, who took away all our sins, 
who took on the pain. When his body was broken, it was broken so that we could be put back together. When, when he was lashed and when he was beaten, it was all done so that we could be free. And I want to base my peace, not on the world, I want to base my peace on that. I want to base my peace on a person who knows me better than me. I want to base my peace on a, on a person who conquered death, hell, and the grave, on a person who cannot ever fail or, or forsake us. I want to base my peace on a, on a, on a person who experienced, it says he experienced all the temptation. It says he experienced everything that we did. And it says he conquered it all. He was the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice. And when he did, when he completed the works, now we become friends of God. Now we connect ourselves to him. And now the kingdom of heaven has been established. And now the government of God can reign forever. All because of, of a man who was full man and fully God. All because he wanted peace. The goal of the cross was there to be peace on earth. When Jesus was born, it says that angels began singing peace on earth. Because they began to know what was about to happen. That the promise that we've all been pursuing, that now it can be fulfilled, that peace will be on earth because of Jesus. And I want us to, to sing a song tonight, and I want us to be reminded of who our peace relies on. I want us to be reminded that it doesn't matter what's going on the out around us. It doesn't matter what's going on in our nation and in politics and in pandemics and in panic. It doesn't matter what's going on. Our peace is secured in Him. It doesn't matter what life throws at us. Our peace will never leave us. Church family, I don't want us to no longer be selling our peace short. I don't want us to give our peace away for, for anything. I want us to hold on to it through everything. So let's sing a song tonight. Draw, draw a circle around yourself and say, God, I want to stay in this place of worship. And I want to experience your peace because I feel worried right now. I feel anxious right now. I feel confused right now. I feel in doubt right now. But God, remind me of who you are. Remind me of who's in control. Remind me of who sits on the throne. Remind me who the Prince of Peace is. And what he did on the cross can never be canceled. So let's sing a song tonight. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit RiversideChurchTX.com.